Hey everyone, I just wanted to let you know that today we're going to talk about Derek Rose's sexual assault case on the pod. So if that's not something you want to listen to, go ahead and stop the pod now and listen to something else. I hope you enjoy our conversation and thank you for listening. From the East Coast to the West, it's the NBA Coast to Coast Podcast. I'm Chalanga. And I'm wondering why the Timberwolves, even when they win, they can't win. <laughs> yeah. Why can't we just win for once? Why can't we just beat the Jazz? Because uh, we're a cursed. We're a cor- cursed franchise. The most cursed yeah. franchise in America. I wish that this comeback, this whole comeback story, could have been when Derrick Rose was on the Knicks and not on the Timberwolves. <laughs> <And> at, least, <laughs> at least the Knicks franchise is more cursed than ours. Yeah, I think so. You know, it's they've been around for longer and had have had to deal with worse shit, and they're in a worse situation than we are right now by a worse, long shot. Definitely, definitely a worse owner. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, you know, Glenn Taylor still has not responded to my emails. Um, oh my god! What so, what a dick! I know he's a real asshole. But anyway, let's like uh, let's talk about this. Let's start. With just talking about the game as a game, and only a game, and what we saw, what we liked, what we didn't like. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what Chalinga didn't like. He didn't like the first half, because he didn't even watch it. That's right, I didn't. Uh, I was... I don't remember what I was doing, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but... Uh, I think I was probably catching up with my girlfriend because we had just seen each other for the first time oh, that day. All, all right. Not a strong testimony. This game was <laughs> so fun to watch from a basketball perspective. It really started out rough, and we got behind early, and I thought Ricky Rubio was going to have the game of his life because it started out with like two Ricky Rubio steals, and he had like a pull up from mid range and I was like oh no this is the Ricky revenge game but eventually our offense started clicking and to be honest throughout that first throughout that first half the Timbers were playing so fast and the ball was moving so fast across the court I was really proud of how everyone on that team was working together and we haven't seen that yet this year I don't know if we've seen that I don't know. I mean, personally, I don't know if I've ever seen that. M- maybe one of the Ricky Rubio years, maybe one of the amazing Kevin Garnett years in the early 2000s. But the way that the ball was moving and it wasn't getting stuck in Derrick Rose's hands was amazing. Uh, there was a, in particular, there was this one move that Derrick Rose had. He was, he was getting uh, full court pressed by Ricky Rubio. And who's like, I'm going to take you from from beyond the uh, halfway point. And Derrick Rose spins out of it, uh, sprints to the three point line, dumps it off to Anthony Tolliver, who's like a good five feet behind the three point line and just launches it up with a hand in his face. Yeah, I just watched that play. Actually, it started with the behind the back dribble spin to no look shovel pass to Tolliver. It was pretty wild. Just from a basketball standpoint, that was 
the best Timberwolves play I've seen in a very long time. When it came to the second half, it started to become iso ball. And that's when it started to become less fun for me, especially when I started seeing Donovan Mitchell make his shots. The other thing that, that's overlooked in this whole game, Josh Okoge was playing out of his mind in the first half on Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell at one point was like two for 11. Yeah. He was playing He was playing not just that. He was getting stocks, um, and he was even putting up some good shots. And he did do this one thing. The, my biggest issue with Josh Okoge is when he will hesitate from three when he has an open look. And then he'll pull up into a long two range or into a into a long um, long range jumper, and then he'll miss it. And it's like, dude, you had an open look at three. Like he just needs to learn how to just catch and shoot and have no hesitation. Yeah, but that'll come. You know, he's still so young, but his defense is really impressing me. There was this one play where um, C.J. Williams was on the court and. Uh, Someone came, C.J. Williams' man came and set a screen on Josh Okoge, and... Uh, we he, didn't even talk about C.J. Williams in our hour-long preview of the Timberwolves. Uh, I Keep know. Going. I didn't, I just, I, like, he was such a last-minute signing, I was like, no way he plays, this is just to fill out the roster, but he's played, this is the second game he's appeared in, so it's, he's a legitimate, he's our Marcus Georges Hunt of this year, who comes in. Mm. And plays five minutes here and there, um, and and is on a two way contract and goes back down to the G League for <laughs> half the season. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, so Josh Okogie, uh went above this screen, and C.J. Williams came up to hedge and cut off uh, Okogie's man. But Okogie was so quick to get around the screen, and I don't see I don't think C.J. Williams was ready to for. Okogi to move so quickly so Okogi actually ran into CJ Williams because he made it around the screen so quickly and then the ball handler got free for an easy shot oh point being he's so good at defense his teammates aren't even ready for how good at defense he is and he actually struggles when people who are not as good of defenders are around him because he is already superior which is well, cool. I think people just need to get used to his hustle. Yeah, and they're because he, the way he fights through screens, the way he runs around behind screens, it's just, it's insane. And to be honest, it's been a detriment to his defense as well. Not just in cases where people aren't good enough to cover for him in the right way, but in other cases where like. He's so fast that uh, he fouled a couple times where it was just a result of him being in the wrong place at the wrong time just because of his speed and effort. The other thing I want to bring up about the game is it was really amazing how the Wolves overcomed, uh, overcome, <laughs> overcame the horrible, horrible, horrible foul calls at the end of the game. It seemed like every Jazz possession there was a call on the Wolves. Whether it was a like a curious that last case goal of tend. block or charge, yeah, the goaltends specifically the last goaltend on Carl Anthony Towns was mm-hmm. pretty abysmal. Yeah, it was like rough. It was a really rough uh, officiating end to the game. But the you know the Wolves persevered, um, and it's it's cool to see that fight from everybody on the team. 
It was. And Carl Anthony Towns was more alive than he's been in the entire Jimmy Butler era. And that was really nice to see. Yeah, he was, was scoring really... from all over the floor. It was great. That is what happens when Carl Anthony Towns is playing with a point guard who is not Jeff Teague. <laughs> and and when Jimmy Butler is off the court as well, I think and, that, that helps well, a little bit. A point guard who's not Jeff Teague slash Jimmy Butler. Right. Uh, because that's one of the issues is that uh, they're just a sieve on the offense. Both of those players are just sieves on the offense. And fortunately for the result of the game, Derrick Rose was not a sieve. He had seven assists and was really distributing the ball so well in the first half. Second half, it turned into iso ball once again. but And that was not fun. But fortunately, uh, Donovan Mitchell uh, got injured, and we were able to not have to play hero ball at the end of the game, which, well, I guess we still played hero ball, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, it, it was, was 100% hero ball. But that was the only case that we could win hero ball is if Donovan Mitchell wasn't on the other side playing hero ball. Right. Yeah, that that was pretty lucky. If Donovan Mitchell hadn't gotten hurt, I, may, I think the Wolves maybe would have lost that game. Um, Almost, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, I wonder about Carl Anthony Towns if... He is ever going to reach a point where he can really take over, you know? Like, there are there are times when Carl Anthony Towns can look really good and look really efficient and look like he can score from anywhere, but it's been so rare that I've felt like Carl Anthony Towns is has, like, taken over a game and really won it for the Wolves, you know? Like... Yeah, and then when it happens, it happens against the Atlanta Hawks for 56 points. It's like, do it against the Warriors, please. Right. Do it against you know anybody that, that is worth doing it against. And, I, you know, I, I wonder if it's like, if it's a product of him not getting the ball enough or if it's a product of him not being engaged enough when it counts or if it's a product of him not being ready for the moment or what. You know what I mean? I just... I, I'm a little bit concerned about that in terms of, you know, his ability to be the best player on a championship contender. I'm less worried about a best player on a championship contender and more worried about could he even be a the best player on a playoff team? On a team? playoff team, yeah. We that's, don't know That's yet. the first question. But you were not proud of our team in the win that we had last night. No, I think it, segue. I, I, you know, it, it should almost be struck from the record books. Um, I think I said on Twitter last night, or maybe not on Twitter, maybe I was just texting someone, but you no, know, you were on Twitter, you were in front of thousands and millions <laughs> of our viewers and listeners. Uh, oh no, not about the wiener. I do. You, oh, definitely the wiener thing. So like there are, there are two punishments that I think are, are, are just well there are more than two but here are the two either Derek Rose's wiener has to be replaced with a miniature basketball if he wants to play NBA basketball or any game where Derek Rose is the first second or third leading scorer does not count as a win for the team that he plays on I completely disagree with that from a serious standpoint I think that there are a lot of nuances in this case that both of us are learning where it's a lot muddier than um, than we would like for it to be. 
than anyone would like for it to be. Uh, I do think that Derrick Rose deserves to be in the NBA at the moment. And at the same time, I do believe that there was misconduct that had happened in 2013. And I hope that he uh, learned a lesson and is willing to um, treat situations with more caution and more consent, to be honest. More explicit consent, at the very least. Yeah. Especially when you're going to have gangbangs. Explicit consent is important. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. I couldn't agree more that explicit Explicit consent is extremely com- important um, for gangbangs. For I'm supposed to say that part for for any sexual encounter. Well, um, not well with my girlfriend. I don't have to ask all the time. There's a lot of there's a lot of physical consent that goes on. Right, but that's you know that's a that's an established relationship, and I'm sure you guys have had conversations well, about. This is also an established relationship. Is the other thing. Yeah, but it's it's a rocky relationship, you know, like yeah. It sounds like there's there have been issues. There has been a history of not being on the same page sexually. Possibly a history of them using each other on both sides, to be honest. Possibly, yeah. Um, you know, I guess I I have really I have really familiarized myself more with the the plaintiff's side of the story. Then with Derek Rose's side of the story, um, it sounds like you've really familiarized yourself with Derek Rose's side of the story. So that's good. That'll that'll help well, us have you know I've, a pretty. Informed... I've familiarized myself with both sides of the story. I haven't really in in our previous talks. I haven't. I've I've really tried to address this from uh, a factual neutral standpoint. That's where I'm coming from it, and what I'm trying to not do is turn this into making generalizations about culture and applying them to my beliefs about this case because the generalizations about this culture are completely fair and there are a lot of legitimate issues that women have right now that they're not being treated fairly in terms of being heard. That being said, I'm trying to hear all sides of the story from a neutral standpoint as you would hope that a judge would or that a neutral arbiter would right and i i hear that you know so something that we were were talking about last night is like this this idea of power dynamics having you know well let's let's talk about the let's talk about the actual incident first and then we can talk about power dynamics and such so sure. yeah, yeah yeah so it, it was i believe in august of 2013 that uh derrick rose had broken up with his girlfriend of two years and according to derrick rose it was an on again off again friends with benefits type of relationship which is completely normal for the nba mm-hmm. um and he was not in a long-term relationship with another person at that point at least an exclusive long-term relationship so this is not a kobe situation that we're talking about whatsoever that the morning of this incident the morning before this incident happened um this lady 
sent a sent a text, and her name is Jane Doe in the case because the court respectfully kept her anonymity, which is a great thing, a thing that did not happen in the Kobe Bryant case, unfortunately, mm-hmm. which caused a lot of issues. Yeah, but this shows a lot of progress, um, which is a good thing. But she sends a text and she says, Derek, you're the reason I wake up horny. This was used by the defense in implying some type of consent somehow, which is not a fair use of that evidence. A fair use of that evidence would be to to say that there was implied sexual interest, at least in the morning. Now, later that day, Derek invites her to his vacation home in Los Angeles. And she comes over. So far, so good. Uh, Nothing too bad is going on. They have some tequila shots and possibly some drugs. And we're not sure of what type of drugs were consumed. Right. there's no evidence that that there were uh that there were drugs that would have incapacitated her based on um the account of her text messages uh she okay so according to Derek's testimony she um she uh, tried to pursue him sexually he rebuffed her and said no his friend took her out of the house, and evidently, when Derek left the house, he found them doing this thing, and then he was like, well, uh, why don't I join you? And there they were, according to Derek Rose, having consensual sex. And uh, I'm not going to shame uh, three ways. I'm not going to shame... People who want to have sex with multiple partners at once. Um, But this is starting to become a dangerous situation in terms of... It's starting to get murky, um, this situation. And uh, with the alcohol consumed by all parties and with the riskiness of, uh, of the type of sex going on, Explicit consent is especially important, um, if you ask me. She evidently leaves later, and she goes to her apartment, and she's taken by cap by taxi cab mm-hmm. with a friend to her to her apartment. She goes with a friend. She leaves the the house with her friend. Now, evidently, I don't know who paid for it, but evidently, uh, she asked for the taxi fare to be covered like a couple days later or weeks later. I don't know what the time frame is exactly on it, but um, she asked for Derek to Im- Im- reimburse her for the taxi fare. So she goes back to her apartment. Evidently she sends coherent texts to uh, Derek Rose. This is a part of the evidence that um, the defendants used. And these texts over one time, multiple times supposedly, invited him to her apartment. And this is where the case begins because Derek Rose and two other guys showed up at her apartment and had sex with her. Her claim is that she was incapacitated and wasn't able to consent to the sex. Her claim was also that they trespassed into her apartment, but based on the evidence of the text messages, she did invite them 
to her apartment, which is one of the problems I think that happened in the testimony that she gave um, based on the testimony and based on what was um, what was proven to be true based on the limited evidence that text messages can provide. So this whole thing happens and then they leave and uh, did I leave anything out? Uh, you know, there is a little bit about her roommate coming home and seeing one of the dudes on the couch and not recognizing him. And, uh, you know, allegedly he tried to force his way into her room as well. Um, but she put the kibosh on that and he left her alone. So that was just like an extra little bit that the the roommate you know reported that that had happened that sounds like he listened to a no which is a good thing there are other things that were brought into the case to regarding her and her roommate evidently she had been talking about her roommate a lot about getting money and she sent a text to her roommate that said that now that she filed the suit the, the suit was filed in 2016 three years after the event mm-hmm um, which in a lot of uh, traumatic cases, people can tend to um, they they can tend to delay their their action. It, a lot of times they do. That's that's not something that you can use to judge anything based off of. But uh, she sent a text to her roommate once she filed it, saying that she would upgrade their TV to a plasma screen. Now, um, which is pretty uncouth if you ask me that's it's not it's not something that that it's it that's not damning evidence in any in by any means but it isn't a great idea when you're filing a case to talk with your roommate about all the money that you're gonna get dylan i feel like you would do the same thing you would think it was funny well there is (laughs) there is the possibility of that but there there was no explanation of that being like a joke in any way so moving on to uh the actual case this was a civil lawsuit filed in 2016 um the LAPD investigated in 2013 and they found no evidence of rape and they were unwilling to prosecute rose for this situation unlike the kobe situation in 2003 in 2016 she files a lawsuit for 21 million dollars and this was a claim about the incident that happened in the morning and that was trespassing and sexual assault from three men now based off of the the facts of the trial trespassing did not happen according to the evidence of the trial Testimonies um, claimed that trespassing happened, but evidence showed the text messages requesting Derek come to her house more than one time showed that uh, there was consent for them to enter the house. So trespassing, I don't see that as um, a factor in this case. But the murky area is the second part of that, which is the sexual assault rape allegations one thing i do have to say about uh civil lawsuits specifically is that 
in a civil lawsuit, it's different than a criminal lawsuit because a lot of people are confusing these two things right now. They're like, oh, he's not, he wasn't convicted. Well, Derek Rose wasn't charged with anything. That is a criminal offense. Like, you can't be convicted of something that you weren't charged with. He was just found non-liable. Or the alternative that he was not found would be liable of, uh, for this money. So he was found completely non-liable for this money. But anyway, in a, in a civil lawsuit, it's a lot easier for, I guess, the, I guess it would be called the plaintiff in a uh, civil lawsuit. It's a lot easier for them to uh, prove their case because there does not have to be proof beyond reasonable doubt. This is not an innocent until proven guilty case. One of the examples of this is that O.J. lost in a civil trial, and he won, or, and he won in the criminal trial. And the reason for that is because there was no proof beyond a reasonable doubt. But this was a civil lawsuit. So that means that Derrick Rose wasn't going to go to jail for this. He was only going to be found liable if there was any sort of uh, case that this woman had. Now... The judge can rule based on what the jury says, less than $21 million, anything up to what the plaintiff is asking for. Have you, You've seen Judge Judy, so you've seen her, like, say, you've seen her negotiate these things, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's, what, that's what happens in Judge Judy, and that's similar to what is happening here, except there is a jury. So the jury is helping the judge decide what the actual assessment is of... Um, of the case. So on the jury, there were six women and two men. That's a positive in terms of women are more, in general, more likely to side with their own gender. That's in law, usually when you're picking a jury, gender and race and education level are the really the three biggest um, factors in in like narrowing down your jury uh so six women were selected they were all white except for two hispanic or no one hispanic person so this is an eight person jury six women the verdict of the jury happened extremely quickly for one of these cases they had one vote and they were unanimously in favor of derrick rose uh they were they all said that derrick rose was not liable for any of this money the other thing about civil cases is that Derek actually had a lot on the line, and he knew that he had a lot on the line in this case. And most, almost every similar case that would happen between a professional athlete and a plaintiff who is starting a civil lawsuit against them would be settled outside of court. It wouldn't even get to litigation whatsoever. The fact that he was willing to do that and risk being liable for any type of um, any type of money shows that he had confidence in his case at, at the very least. And I'm not saying that he uh, knew he didn't do it, but if you were someone who knew you didn't do something, that is the direction that you would take. If Derrick Rose were found liable for any amount of money, that could have meant the end for his NBA career. What his other choice could have been would be to uh, settle out of court and he would have been able to go on with his NBA career. And what is $2 million to Derrick Rose out of his 
hundreds of millions of dollars worth of contracts. I I don't have the figures up, but I'm assuming it's hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, big shoe deal too. Big shoe deal. He has a lot of money, and uh, so this twenty one million dollars, it's it, it's meaningful, but it's not meaningful in the same way that it is to you and me, or even to the plaintiff, to be honest. The fact that the jury unanimously selected after not a lot of time um, in the in the uh, jury room in one vote that he was not liable whatsoever is an indicator of a very weak case. Um, now, a weak case is different than facts of events, obviously. But a weak case is an indicator to say that there is un- an unbelievable amount of doubt. Not just slight doubt so Derek Rose got away with it, like OJ, because this is a civil lawsuit, once again. So that means that if it's 60 40 in one in one direction you can favor the um plaintiff you can get a um ruling of liability in that sort of situation and it's possible that that liability would be lower than the 21 million dollars according to the judge does that make sense yeah now there is an appeal on november 16th this is the end of of what's of what we're supposed to be talking about with the case an appeal of a case has nothing to do with a conviction, non-conviction, obviously because this is civil. All it has to do with, it doesn't even have to do with whether Rose will be liable or not. All it has to do with is, it has to do with the procedure of the case itself. The procedure of the court. Meaning, if someone within this case did not go through a correct procedure they can bring the case back into the court and retry it. Uh, For example, if there is a mistake in discovery or if there is um, a mistake in uh, the way that someone said something that they couldn't at that time or whatever, Um, or in the way that the uh, jury may have decided, the way that they decided, not what they decided, but the way that they decided, the thing that they decided was against the rules of the court. This has nothing to do with laws. It was, it's only to do with rules of the court. Um, And the, the fact of the court of appeals, I do have a friend who is a court of appeals lawyer and he's like, it's the most boring thing, but at least I don't have to deal with the emotions, you know? Because the emotions are all in district court. They're all in um, the claims court. They're all in, like, the the court where you're actually getting um, rulings. Mm -hmm. But um, these rulings will only um, bring the case back to life or not bring the case back to life. But the fact about about appeals is that it's very difficult. More often than not, your appeal is not going to follow through. Um, Right. So that's unfortunate for this lady in this instance. Because it really, it only really fall, you know, the appeal only works if somebody messed up along the way. Oh, one thing that that is interesting, the judge was about to sanction Derek Rose's attorney. So this this could have been something that the appeals, um, that this appeal case could have um, could have opened up, uh, is that uh, the judge was about to sanction Derek Rose's attorney for revealing the name of Jane Doe, the plaintiff. Which is which would have been huge, but they, he ended up having it struck from the record, 
and he didn't end up um, sanctioning the lawyer, which is basically just putting a black X next to the lawyer's name. I don't know. Like you get three of them, and then you get you strike out or something. I don't know what really happens, but <laughs> it's a thousand dollar fine or whatever. You get hit in the head with a bar. <laughs> the bar. That's the bar exam. Yeah. How many hits can you take? So that's the that's the whole process and and how the system works, and so we can kind of understand what's going on. So let's 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 weave through some of these some of these questions, some of these issues with it, and you know, kind of kind of talk about our opinions now i brought up this thing earlier about van lathan from tmz yeah and i think that is really tricky because i think nba culture is really murky and a dangerous place to be it's the wild wild west man it's like scared money don't make none you know (laughs) yeah you know i i i think that's that's it so so my thoughts on it are like at the end of the day there the numbers of of men who have committed sexual assault versus the number of women who have gone to trial with a, a fake sexual assault claim and have succeeded in winning that trial, th- those numbers are not proportionate, right? Like, more men commit sexual assaults than women falsely take money or imprison men i've heard that fact a lot um however in this case according to courts um like there there really isn't any evidence the only evidence that there is that exists really uh makes the plaintiff's case worse right i'm but uh, Push that aside for now. I'm I'm just t- like talking about that NBA culture piece, right? So when when we're talking about this like idea that there are these these women seeking money, right? Like that's that's the idea. Um, these men have money, and you know if they are irresponsible with their choices, you know as the person in the power, like the the men have the power. There is that power dynamic of being a rich man involved with a with a woman who is of a different status than you. Like there is a, a distinct power dynamic in that relationship. So I just want to I, I want to I want to establish yeah. that idea that like there is there is tears and there there is like levels of 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 coercion involved in that type of relationship. There is a positive thing that has happened in the last couple years, but even really also the last 15 years in our world that have made it possible for people in positions of power to not be able to abuse their power, which is a very positive thing. In in what ways? Uh, because in, in ways like Harvey Weinstein, in ways like Kevin Spacey, people who are in power are being outed for these things that they definitely did do and like especially like a lot of these people are being uh at, at least their lives are being ruined um and there are a lot of cases that are happening and there are a lot of positive movements like there this this whole me too movement has been a benefit for keeping people who have too much power who are willing to abuse that power in check and that and there has been progress with that 
Uh, you know, we still have a president who is an abuser. Well, we just put an I, abuser into the Supreme Court. I'm not a fan of our of our president. I'm not a fan of the Supreme Court decision. That's outside of this podcast. But another thing that that you that you can acknowledge is that those things happened before. Uh, like um, Clarence Thomas is on the Supreme Court. You know, those things have happened in the past, and we're not. Worse things aren't happening. It's that better things are happening, and we want everything else to be as much better as these other things are. Twenty years ago, a Harvey Weinstein wouldn't be caught for all of these terrible things that he's doing, or even a Bill Cosby. All of these things, all of these people who have a lot of power and are unfortunately abusing that power are being caught, a lot of these people, and we have to look at the benefits of that as much as we see that there are still strides to make. One unfortunate side effect of this is that I think that people start to have what is called in the world of logic as the false dichotomy, which means that if you're not with us, you're against us. If it's not, if it's not a great thing, it's automatically a damning thing, and you don't deserve to do anything for the rest of your life, and you should go to jail for the rest of your life. Bill Cosby deserves to go to jail for the rest of his life, based on what I understand of that case. Same thing with Harvey Weinstein. I mean, those allegations are terrible, right? But in a case where you don't have really any evidence whatsoever... I don't want to step so far as to say that Derrick Rose should never be able to play basketball again. And that's another problem that I have with like our justice system is that the way it works is extremely black and white. And the way that we give out felonies, for example, especially to people of color, is abhorrent. And the rate that we're giving it to people of color and, and the fact that they can't be reintegrated into society for a lot of nonviolent felonies. And what we need to do as a society, I think, I mean, if you're asking me, is that we need to figure out a way to help people who aren't people who have committed a terrible atrocities, but people who have committed maybe some small minor atrocities and figure out a way for each one of them to atone in a way that is appropriate to what we perceive happened. We need to be fair to that. Like replacing and your wiener with a basketball. That is definitely, in my opinion, a lot more fair than saying that Derrick Rose should never play basketball again. Okay. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. No, uh, I, I just I think that it's tough to say definitively that Derrick Rose should never play basketball because of all of the question marks that arise, and I think that it's. I, I think that it's fair to have those question marks and we should have those question marks and we should be addressing these situations and it's really important. Right. I so so I think that it's important that like there's there's clearly also an issue of uh of cases of sexual assault not being taken as seriously as they need to be. Um there's a, a problem with women not feeling safe or comfortable coming forward with cases of sexual assault. There's a problem with men not being found liable or guilty uh, in cases of sexual assault or rape. Um, so, so my tendency, because of the patterns that I've observed, is to 
believe women in in these types of situations is to before i say here's the man's side i want to say okay here's the women's side and i want to believe what she has to say granted of course like there is a possibility that she could be lying definitely there's a possibility that not just a possibility there's a probability based on the evidence because she's saying that they trespassed and once again the evidence says that they were not trespassing right now like so she's she's lying about at least part of her testimony and whether she is knowingly lying is not something that I can say because I didn't see her speak in the court, so I don't know. Like, I couldn't get a body language read on her. Um, but the fact that the testimony did not match up with the evidence uh, on, on multiple occasions, according to all the jurors. Right. She was fucked up, though, right? Like, let's like let's have you recount a story from when you were really fucked up. I bet it might not match uh, a lot of what you might have texted what your friend said you might have said what actually happened not for me um that's not a great example for me because i've really never blacked out i guess from alcohol consumption but i think that even more than being fucked up it was three years later that this case was happening so it's tough to have a consistent testimony right with what happened like right. that's tough to begin with right that's that's a long time you know i you know memory is also such a fragile thing yeah and like people think that they remember things better than they do um that's for sure i also like so like the 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 coherent text messages some of them you know are 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 more convincing than others but like there are ones like, you need to come to me right now, which <laughs> to me sounds like something that I would send when I was very fucked up. Like, that is not an, a normal sentence. You need to come to me right now. Um, it just, I mean, technically, that's grammatically completely correct. I know. Technically, right? <laughs> technically. Um, but it, it doesn't sound like something that <laughs> someone would text. Anyway. I that, that. <laughs> whether 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 or not he is found liable or not I I I'm just going to believe the woman and like I'm going to feel uncomfortable rooting for Derrick Rose forever I don't want him on the Timberwolves um that is the reality uh but like when when it comes to oppressed people and and women being the oppressed people um we owe it to them as allies to try our hardest to believe them. I mean, know? definitely. I I also think that one of the things that we we need to be hopeful for and not to keep us from being so angry all the time is that these things are changing. It's tough for us as young people to see things changing, but um, a lot of the women who are older that I've spoken with are saying, like, this is a lot different than how I grew up and I am glad for the change and the progress that has happened. And, and I think that all those things are a positive thing. Right, right, right. Um, and I think, you know, me and my, me and my partner were talking last night and she was just getting like, so worked up, um, about the Derrick Rose thing and, and like rightfully upset, you know, because we, we can talk about these types of things with like, 
some level of, you know, measure and level-headedness, and that's really important. But it's also, I think it's okay for people to be mad, and it's okay for people to, to be elevated and, and to feel things. Um, it's, it's definitely okay to feel, 100%. Yeah. It's, it's not okay to say that, to make generalizations and say that because I've been treated this way in my life, therefore this case should go this way or something like that. You know what I mean? I think that it's more important in terms of actually making a decision. Um, at least for me, making decisions about how I feel, it's very important for me to look at facts. And I will be swayed by facts more than I will be swayed by emotions before the facts. I will decide to emote after the facts. And the facts of this case are are not enough for me to be enraged about Derrick Rose being on an NBA team in comparison to, say, my... I, I'm, I don't even want to say that... I'm very disappointed that Kobe Bryant was able to get away with what he got away with. And that yeah. brings us to his case, which is... Kobe Bryant was not only... Not only was Kobe Bryant charged uh, with a criminal offense of sexual assault. This woman did everything in her power to take a rape kit test and proved that he had semen in... I don't know where it was. I'm not going to say. <laughs> I don't, But that there was semen found in the rape test. And Kobe denied having sex with her until the proof came out that she had semen and that there were bruises on her body. Right. And that that dumbfounds me. It dumbfounds me how I I wish that she would have testified, but obviously there was something that went on between Kobe. There was obviously something that went on between those two parties that was not great and was murky. Yeah, she, and, I mean, she was being threatened. I mean, she said that she was being threatened. Well... She's, she said she was being threatened, and then she stopped speaking. Mm-hmm. And the reason why the case was dropped was because she refused to testify. Right. She didn't she... say anything after that, and which makes a lot of people think about hush money. Um, oh, definitely. Which is really problematic and does not help. In a way, you know, taking that money, I'm not going to judge her for that, but it also is problematic in the fact that Kobe now doesn't, Really, I mean, he made that speech, but that was the most he apologized for anything and never apologized for raping her. Yeah, and no, he just said, I thought it was consensual. Yeah, the <laughs> whole time. And he was, like, crying and getting back together with his wife, and he admitted that, okay, so she had bruises on her body, and he said, oh, well, I was having sex with another woman who was not my wife, who liked it when I did that, so I p- was probably hearkening back to that. And it's like... Okay, so now you've not only mistreated um, your wife once by cheating on her once, but you've done it twice, at least, and probably thousands of times. And that's wrong. That is completely wrong to begin with. But most likely, this l- lady that he was with, there is a minuscule amount of doubt in my mind that Kobe Bryant had unconsex- unconsensual sex with that woman, and it's really sad that we are now talking about him not we we aren't 
I'm not. But that a lot of people in the NBA, and especially a lot of people who are fans of the NBA, are talking about Kobe as a top five, top two, think that he's right up there with Jordan, like we were talking about earlier with the other podcast called Coast to Coast. It's You were about eight. I was about 11 when that case came out. Eight, eight or nine. I was 11 or 12 or whatever it was. And I think we both thought, like, back then we didn't think as much of it because we didn't really have sexual experiences back then. I think it wasn't easy to put that into context, but in 2018, when we're going back to now other cases, it's just so clear to me that this Kobe Bryant case is a lot more serious than we ever gave it credit, and we right. should be giving it a lot more credit than we are because like, the, the most untasteful thing that I read on Twitter was Kobe Bryant's congratulations to Derrick Rose. That was like the most untasteful. Like, oh, that makes he's me the sick. most tone deaf person. He's the second most tone deaf person in America, next to the redheaded man who sits in the Oval Office. To be honest, yeah, that makes me actually sick to my stomach. That's, ooh, um, I I do want to say like also, let's not forget that Kobe Bryant just also won an Academy Award. So it's not just the NBA that's brushing it under the rug. It's the entertainment industry. Yeah, not a lot of people brought that up. In the year, he won the award in the year that Harvey Weinstein was found mm-hmm. found out to be guilty of un- having unconsensual or forced misconduct, unconsensual sex or forced misconduct with multiple, multiple, multiple women. Mm-hmm. And it's just insane. Like basically to me. every woman he's ever come in contact with, it seems like. Yeah, the guy was not a good guy. And still not a good guy. Anyway. um yeah i i think it was really really stupid that kobe bryant um that the discussion wasn't even had i wouldn't have given the academy award just based off of what i know right now you know i wouldn't have nominated him i wouldn't have nominated him also because that animated series the animated short is trash i didn't watch it and i don't need to watch it i'm not gonna watch it um, oh, you didn't? No. <laughs> you didn't? You can't say that then. Dude, I, you know that I am an emotional person. I react emotionally yeah. to everything. I get um, it. Anyway, it's 3 a.m. where I am right now. Um, so I think we can... I, we, oh, go ahead. I, I just want to say with this, in, in specific regards to Derrick Rose, because I, I don't want to be talking about... Because obviously I have different feelings about different things. But in specifically to Derrick Rose, I have issues with how I perceive he most likely treats women. However, I'm willing to give Derrick Rose a second chance from a theoretical perspective, but I'm not rooting for him. I'm not rooting against him because I, I don't have any real proof that he raped anybody the thing that i do feel like i have at least some proof of is that he probably mistreats women if the facts change and something comes out and he's mistreating women again then i think it's time for him to go you know the only way i'm on derrick rose's side is if he you know has the ability to come forward and acknowledge what has happened and and talk really frankly and honestly about it and explain the situation and apologize for his role in the situation um 
and and really make an an honest effort to like let people know what did or did not happen and what he is or is not accountable for and if he's not able to do that then i'm uh, i'm just gonna go ahead and keep uh, sorry excuse me believe in this woman and i'm gonna be screaming fuck derrick rose to the rafters so so you are i think i think what one thing we one thing we can agree on is that we're giving room for atonement yeah for I, Derek. I you know i think that i i believe in atonement in in many 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 situations right and yeah i don't in terms of kobe i really i can't i i can't forgive him in the sense that i'll ever think of him as a, a an amazing athlete um yeah you know i I've, I've never liked kobe you know for for many reasons um <laughs> but yeah i you know i just i'm gonna go ahead and believe this woman and say you know, it, like if Derek Rose does not have the, you know, the the bravery to just be take, open, take yeah, just be open and take accountability for what you did. Like if if you mistreat women, say it so then you can fix it. If you don't say it, then you'll never fix it because if you can't fix a problem that you don't acknowledge, right? And that's what we all have to do as as men. We all have to take a look at ourselves and we have to say, what am I doing that is is hurting women? What am I doing? that is hurting the the people who are status wise below me and how can i work to be better right like that's yes. that's just like what we have to do and the reality of the situation is if we as men are willing to have open conversations with people about our transgressions against other people even as a, just a human being cuz like right now it's like the the way to live in our life because of the way our judicial system is so black and white is just to deny 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 until it's too much until like and the, until it's like well I can't deny anymore, but the way that we need to live our lives I think is I don't want to get all spiritual is but is to is to be able to have open conversations with other people and to be able to atone for our transgressions and talk with people about things because I think that we can nip all of these situations in the bud before they even happen if we're all open and and if they do happen and after they happen um we need to talk about things i think it's important to be open about it if derrick rose did not rape this woman be open about the situation and say like and 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 be ready to answer questions about it and be willing. Just be a willing contributor to society in a positive way rather right? than deny, deny, deny. You know, a friend of mine brought brought up a point to me last night that uh, – shout out to Jake Blanchett. He said, you know, in, in regards to media not really pressing for this, uh, you know, a lot of it is is a question of access, right? Like if I'm a media member and I come into the locker room and the first thing I ask Derek Rose is about his sexual assault case – I can almost guarantee that that team's not letting me back in the locker room. I just yeah. lost my spot. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and the other thing, I agree with you completely. That's that's one of the biggest reasons why. I mean, it it's like the chicken or the egg, you know. Uh, either which like, one is it, which one is it like the chicken what, or the egg? It, we don't know. Like, is Derek Rose the one who's not open <laughs> or are people not willing to talk about it because it's uncomfortable and they're going to get fired if they talk too much about it or whatever? You know, you like, know, it's yeah. I, I think this is more of a catch 22 <laughs> than a chicken and an egg. Well, it's the same thing. <laughs> Potato, tomato. 
it's Ooh. but it's like what 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 did this start out as? Did this start out as like Derrick Rose being a catch twenty two would be like um, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. But like this is what is what is the cause of Derrick Rose not being open about this situation? Is it him not being willing to speak, or is it reporters not being willing to speak to him because they're going to lose their credentials? Oh, it's like a Sophie's Choice. Exactly, it's a Sophie's Choice. As mm. I said, as I said on Twitter earlier, the one thing I do want to acknowledge is that Jim Peterson's taken a lot of flack um, from some social justice warriors on Twitter. And I just want to reach out or I just want to have a shout out to Jim Peterson and say that was a really tricky situation for you to to even address the legal battles that he's having. And while you may not have been able to go into depth about what was going on, like we just did for an hour and a half, um, you did address it. And I think that that was important. I'm glad that he addressed it. He is one of the best color commentators in local basketball right now in the NBA. And the fact that he addressed it was important. And I think he's not given any credit for that. The only credit he's given <clears throat> is that he addressed it. Well, I mean, Haley O'Shaughnessy, for example, said that she was mad that he addressed it at all and should have just talked about how he was coming back from injuries. I don't think that that's appropriate. I think if you're talking about um, Derrick Rose, you have to talk about the good and the bad. Like, it's great you're coming back from injuries, but it's also... I thought I thought Haley wanted them to talk more about the, the rape case. That's Question, the... Yeah, that's what I thought at first, but then I read her... Um, but then I was reading more tweets from her, or maybe it was from another person. Maybe it was from there was a also an ESPN per- person mm. who was reaching out. There was a, another female ESPN pundit who was um, who was saying bad things about Jim Peter, or not, but like kind of you know trying to trying to rustle feathers and um, right, don't make just, statements. Like don't don't say bad things about Jim Peterson. Say bad things about Derrick Rose, right? Yeah, like, let's not blame Jim Peterson for bringing it up because like. <laughs> I'm proud of Jim Peterson for the way he handled it. Um, I don't think that he addressed the case properly because he's like, well, from the way I see it, he wasn't convicted of anything. Like, that can sound really bad taken out of context. I think it sounded a little bit better based on the context yeah. of it, which was like, I'm not going to talk about the case. I'm going to t-. What he meant to say, I think, was, I'm not going to talk about the case. I can talk about the basketball that happened tonight, which was very good. Yeah, starting something with, I'm no judge, it can be a little bit uh, hairy. I'll say that. <laughs> but pe- people make mistakes and this shouldn't be about Jim Peterson saying something or not saying something. I'm just glad he said anything about right. it. Right. All right. Well, I think at the end of the day, what we've learned is that we just have to try our hardest to make sure that we treat women with respect. Um, Cause uh, there's a lot of problems with this world and the dynamics between men and women are a big one. So um, let's try to do better, Dylan. And I do want to say we were going to get our girlfriends on this pod because we thought it was important for them to have a voice. But mine is asleep because it's three. Mine's also asleep because it's 12.30. (laughs) Um, But uh, they'll be on eventually and, and, you know. Yeah we can revisit this topic. I, you know, I, I love talking about this, so they'll be on in the future and, and, um, we'll have some more discussions. All right. Uh, thanks Dylan. This was a really good conversation. Yeah, I had fun. Sorry if I grandstanded a little bit. I did fall asleep during, uh, that little diatribe. So you did not, uh, I got a nice little nap in. Oh, that's good then. Yeah. (laughs) I hope our audience did too. 
That's right. Uh, thanks for all your research, Dylan. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm going to bed. I'm not going to. I'm doing this pot in the morning. Uh, that's a good idea. All right. Bye, Dylan. Bye, Chalanga. Peace.